Charles Heron Attic. Context of white supremacy, Gus T. Renegade in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. Today's date, Wednesday, July 20, 2022. So I have been told. We're on a little bit early. This is program one of two on this here Wednesday. So, my original vision, we were going to do this program, recap, we were going to do this on Tuesday, yesterday, and then do normal time for our broadcast with Dr. Lynn. I got late confirmations with all of our guests, so that schedule got totally trashed, so the only way we could do our recap and then have our white guest on the program to continue this dialogue was to do two programs on today so that's what we did so we have no time to waste no dallying we will get right to it man 
Infancy 2013. Dr. Francis Cress Welsing was with us on the program. I've played this snippet a number of times over the years. I'll play it today just in case anybody was not with us back then or hasn't heard it so they can hear exactly what she said again for context. So this is the summer and I mean yikes. The year 2013 was not a good one. None of them have been for a variety of reasons. Now that year started off ominously. Uh, we just mentioned Christopher Dorner uh, over the past weekend. Gee whiz. Dr. Wilson was on the program. We talked about that. Uh, President Obama, that was the beginning of his second term in office. Does it seem like it's been 10 years? Wow. Uh, <laughs> Trayvon Martin murder trial was kind of lingering for the first half of the year. Like, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And then bang, this time that summer, the trial is going on. It ends on July 13th, which is a Saturday. We were live on the air for the compensatory call in when that trial concluded. Not surprisingly, in my opinion, we had Dr. Francis Crest Welsing on the program. So she had already been with us. Like I said, she'd been with us to talk about Christopher Dorner and all of that. Uh, so she comes to speak with us on Sunday, July 20. First, she comes, she hangs out with us. She's talking about the murder trial of Trayvon Martin, racism, white supremacy, and other things that we can learn uh, how we can use this moment. Uh, I don't know if folks recall, but I mean, wow, they want to talk about George Floyd and all that. Even President Obama, when I play that segment, we had a listener who wrote me not too long ago and he asked, Hey, Brother Gus, where do you get that segment where? President Obama where he says uh, you know young white children everywhere that I see them you know they're better about these issues they're better than we were about these issues and that's happening all over the country where was that from those were some of President Obama's remarks after the verdict in the Trayvon Martin trial what a moment the summer of 2013 so Dr. Welsing, she visits with us and she had been talking, I think, for a good 90 minutes at this point, probably more than 90 minutes at this point, when she gives her thoughts on the legalization of cannabis way back when, July 2013. This is her 19th visit to the cows. And everybody should master Neely Fuller's, you know, behavior code. Stop name calling, stop gossiping, stop squabbling, stop cursing, stop being discourteous, stop being disrespectful to one another. Stop stealing from one another, stop robbing one another, stop fighting one another, and stop killing one another. And the ones that I add to it, stop using and selling drugs to one another. See, we're getting ready to be put in a real trap with this legalization of marijuana. So everybody, every black person can be unemployed and then they can sit in their corner and get high on marijuana with whatever they decide to put in it. And people won't be asking for jobs and being determined that they're going to get jobs and going to get an education. No, everybody can start getting high on marijuana because somebody said it's medicinal and it's legal. What about so we better beware. 
What about the people who say the legalization of marijuana is fighting against racism because you have so many black people who are unjustly incarcerated as a result of racist enforcement of these drug laws? So this would be a good thing, and it would keep black people out of greater confinement. No, we can we can do it by stop using and selling drugs to one another. See, if I'm not using drugs, then I can't be incarcerated for drugs. And I see so many males, young males in my practice who would become psychotic. Almost never to return to normal from marijuana use because you don't know what's in it. You don't know how it's been genetically altered. Again, everything has to be put in the context of a power dynamic system of racism and white supremacy. That's one thing the president spoke of, looking at behavior in context. Now, whether he actually meant context, as I say it, I say the context is a system of racism and white supremacy. That's the only way we're going to understand any aspect of our behavior, the power context in which the behavior occurs. Mm. Just for our listeners, because I think that's real important, uh, I had only heard a few people who were saying, who had suspicion about this sudden push to legalize marijuana and saying, I don't think that this is being done with the best intentions for black people. Uh, you're, are you saying that you you think that this could be something to further erode black people's will and ability to replace white supremacy with justice? So we're just all... Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. See, they drug test to deny you employment. And so now I'm going to tell you, you can get all the marijuana you want. See, we have to say, well, this is interesting. They're legalizing marijuana use, and they're closing schools. They're legalizing marijuana use, but they are making it difficult for black people to vote. They're legalizing marijuana but they are tightening up on affirmative action. They're legalizing marijuana, but they're making it more difficult to prove discrimination in employment. So again, uh, see, understanding system, and this is how come our brains push black people to say, hey, what's happening? That It's not an idle question. The brain is saying, you don't really understand what's going on. Keep asking, what's happening? What's happening? Maybe somebody will be able to tell you. The Grandcestor, Dr. Francis Cress Welsing. So that was 19 of 31. Uh, her visits with us here at the Cows, the summer of 2013. And we got 20 quickly matter of days you'll hear a little bit from number 20 shortly alrighty so that was there and that was all she had to say about cannabis now what I thought 
was really significant. She said the numbers, plural. She didn't say she saw one. She said the numbers. This is a medical doctor, third generation medical doctor saying the numbers of black males that I've seen psychosis some sort of correlation with cannabis consumption like wow that should at least warrant warrant further study especially in Washington DC areas where you have a high concentration of black people anywho so that's what Dr. Welsing had to say July 2013 we did our weekly compensatory call in days later a full week didn't even pass before the next compensatory call in because that broadcast was on a Sunday and so six days bang we're on the air compensatory call in the 27th lots of things going on there was still so much you know talk about the uh, trial and I think one of the jurors had come out to talk about some of the deliberations and what have you lots to go on I'll get to the audio so we can just hear unedited uh, what folks had to share uh, during that call-in segment uh, I will say one count the metaphors because we didn't have that rule at the time and I guess also for context so at this time 2013 the cows did not have workplace racism as a separate entity right at that time 2013 workplace racism was the final 40 minutes of the compensatory call-in would be devoted exclusively to workplace racism issues so when you hear me announcing that we're gonna pivot last portion of the program is to workplace racism that's the pivot why I'm trying to redirect like all right this is now where we're done with all the audio segments anything else that people want to talk about now we're just talking about workplace racism that was the structure at the time the only other thing that I'll say maybe should have been said first Mr. Fuller has it at the beginning of his books for a reason if you don't understand racism white supremacy what it is how it works everything else will only confuse you absolutely this is all chronological really you're just kind of walking through about 30 days in the summer of 2013 which was an awful time my god uh, where you get to hear that compensatory call in and in fact you get to hear a little bit of Dr. Welsing doubling down as they say when she came back uh, for her chat on the 20th you'll also get to hear some other uh, audio assistance and then we will come all the way back to 2022 when it's over so put your feet up take notes metaphors we will go ahead and get to it this is the compensatory call-in July 27 2013 so I was told at the context of white supremacy. Hopefully, I, I'm uh, uh, not incorrect in into bringing this up. Uh, but speaking about Dr. Welsing, uh, uh, she was being interviewed by you uh, just recently, uh, well, a couple of days ago, and uh, I listened to the 
the entire interview like I normally do. And uh, as usual, it was informative and constructive. Uh, and uh, a couple of days or a day afterwards, uh, someone on the uh, on the website uh, took about five minutes of that interview, and in my opinion, took it out of context and uh, ran a uh, a uh, show that lasted for at least about two hours to an hour and a half on. Uh, that five minutes and 21 seconds. And uh, I just I just thought it was incorrect, you know, on on that being done. Uh, that, as a matter of fact, I, I, I thought it probably would have been uh, uh, appropriate to, if they wanted to uh, gain some understanding on the context on what uh, – the doctor was talking about with you in the interview, uh, she's very uh, uh, available that uh, they could have contacted her. Uh, But instead, uh, uh, it was an interview done with another person over, uh, as I mentioned, about five minutes of of, uh, the interview that you did with her. And uh, I, I, I... I, I wonder if anybody else uh, picked up on it, or maybe I'm incorrect. And I, mm-hmm. I'll line. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> what was the? What was the? Uh, that's great advertising. That was my first. <laughs> that's great. Other <laughs> people, uh, at least you know, they might check out and want to be want to hear what else he said. But I just wanted to know what what was uh, what was the theme? Like what what five minute chunk were they focused on? Like well, the, the, the chunk that the chunk that was that was talked about, and you and you even asked the question. It was about uh, marijuana being uh, ruled legal. And basically what she was elaborating on during that five minutes and 21 seconds is that the system of racism and white supremacy, whatever they do, is not going to be to our best interest. It's going to be to their best interest and to our demise. So if anybody legalizes, any drug, uh, be it marijuana or what have you, that legalizing is not going to work towards our best favor. And I and I, I recall you asking the question about well, what about the advent of of uh, by legalizing uh, marijuana, uh, being that it's a lot of it's a lot of us that's in greater confinement due to these drug laws. Uh, especially marijuana possession, maybe maybe the sale of marijuana, that that would be some that that, that would be a relief uh, 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 to us. I, I remember you asking that question. Correct me if I'm wrong if you didn't answer that question. After, but I, I I ran it back a couple of days ago, and you did ask that question, and she and she gave her answers towards it. But that that's basically what I'm talking about during the five minutes and 21 seconds. But uh, uh, I believe it's the proprietor of the of the radio station. He had an interview with someone else about a couple of days later, and he kind of like took it out of context. I don't. I'm not. Say, I'm not saying that he willfully done it or anything like that, but I think it was taken out of context. 
and he like ran off with it and was talking about uh, uh, human trafficking or something else. And and uh, I didn't understand her her uh, comments and why did she want to say that? And uh, I know she's an elder, but uh, uh, to say uh, incorrect uh, things is not good. You know, so on and so forth. That, that's that's what I heard during the program. I noticed, and he, and, and also it was a caricature of her on the website with a cartoonish like quote uh, stating that. Uh, well, she she did say it, but like I said, it, it's, it's what 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 I'm careful about is the context and what she said it in. She said she basically said that uh, uh, black males. Uh, been to be given uh, marijuana won't be looking for won't be looking for employment won't be looking for jobs. And uh, he mentioned about he stated that he smoked marijuana and that it stopped him from looking for a job and whatever 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 uh, that sort of thing. And, and like I said, I, I just think uh, the uh, uh, he was taking her words out of context. What did you all think? Well, I don't want to. I don't want to. Critique other victims of racism. Um, if it was all victims who were involved in all of this, um, I guess Mr. Reed might be listening. He can chime in if he feels like it's, he's been referenced twice. But uh, the other folks on the line, uh, what did you all? Because I was curious. I was going to ask even if it hadn't been brought up. What did you all think? Um, if you can just do, I guess presenting your view about you know she she said the people that heard what she had to say about why she did not support legalization of marijuana did it make sense what she said and and what did what did you all think the people who heard that got about a week to marinate on it if you thought about it since last sunday what did you all think about that yeah i i heard the program and uh i believe what she said makes sense because it could be you know used like anything else just just used as a trap for black people. I mean, remember, they're not talking about people that are saying marijuana to be legal. They're not talking about unlimited quantities of marijuana. So it could be that maybe she's trying to warn black people of things like that. You know, don't think that because you can, because marijuana is legal, some marijuana may be legal to a certain amount that you can smoke, possess it, and get away scot-free. A lot of people who are on 420, think that's a legal day to smoke marijuana. Then they find out when some cop arrests them that it's not. So I believe and at least he's just trying to warn us not to be baited into any kind of situation where prison is around the corner. Greetings, can I be heard? I heard two people, 404 and uh, somebody else. 
Uh, Sorry, seem to be cutting each other off. If you want to go ahead and say what you have to say, just go right ahead, whoever the other person was. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, I'm sorry about cutting you off. I didn't mean to do that. But, um, yeah, I I will um, probably respectfully disagree with Dr. Francis Quest Wilson. Um, I could be wrong. Like I said, she has... All type of experience in the psychology and things of that nature, but um, I smoked marijuana for a long time. I don't now, and I probably have not in the last two years. But um, I smoked marijuana for a long time, and I was very hard working. Um, I did a lot of work outdoors, was strenuous labor, um, and it did not make me lazy. Um, it probably barred me from getting jobs because they drug tested for those jobs. But if it was legalized, they only drug test for illegal um, drugs. So if marijuana was legalized, it would not be something that they could drug test for because it would not be um, a class uh, Schedule One drug no more. And um, you know, like I said, I don't, I don't think. The whole it makes you lazy. I think that's something that um that just been on TV and they push that in order to keep it illegal. But I could be wrong though. I'm I mute my line. Okay, this is four oh four. I I did not hear the program. I've been out the loop for the past week or so, and I'm trying to get caught up with all of the programs. So. I'm not familiar with what went on, but if the topic is on marijuana, I am I'm not a person who's in, who has ever indulged in the illegal substance. I have no tolerance for it. I don't associate with people. In my younger days, I had a lot of friends in high school and college who did it, but that was something that was just not something I was into. So I have no opinion here or there about it. I just I just feel in this day and time where all of our food is being controlled by the enemy, where they have been taking seeds out the food and they're altering our food supply, that is something else for them to they make it legal just like they did with alcohol and tobacco. And we all know with tobacco how tobacco has been. They've put additives in it to keep you addictive, to make you addictive to smoking tobacco. So it's another way for them to keep you as a client not only as a consumer, forever in the food supply chain by making this legal. So now they're going to add additives to it to keep you hooked on it and forever being involved with it. So that is just my only take with all of these things and people trying to push for the legalization of it is that we have no control over food supply. And that is another one for the racists to go ahead and poison us, do whatever they want to do with it by having you indulge in it. I did want to check really quick to see if anybody else had comments on the uh, marijuana legalization before we move past that topic. I know I did hear the male caller who's going to speak up. Just anybody else that hasn't shared on the uh, marijuana legalization uh, part? Anybody else have any comment on that? Yeah, yeah that's what I was going to speak about. Okay. Uh, I did tune into Dr. Wilson's show, uh, your show with her, uh, and I did understand her comments. I feel they might have been taken out of context because of the way she said it, and it might just be due to her experience. Uh, but I feel that what she was saying was relevant, uh, that she was saying they do drug tests for jobs 
they have, I don't know if they address that or what they're going to do with it. It's not going to be, you know, legal to smoke weed. It's just going to be to criminalize, like you can't have over, I believe, an ounce on your person or something like that. So you'll still get a fine or something like that. But I'm pretty sure they're going to put a number amount to where if you, you know, get caught such and such many times, then you can do some kind of jail time. I'm sure they're going to have some kind of repercussions. And I feel that's what uh, Dr. Wilson was kind of touching on. And he wasn't in particular saying people be lazy, but if you can't get a job because you do indulge in marijuana, then you might not be so uh, eager to go get a job of that quality, I would say. Uh, 2658, uh, uh, can I say also is that I didn't pick up on anything that indicated that she was talking about if you smoke marijuana, you're lazy, or you're going, or, or that makes you lazy. It's nothing that I heard her say that indicated that that's what she was talking about uh, in her uh, interview with you. Uh, and but but I did hear that. Uh, and, but then again, you know, people, you know, everybody has, you know, an opinion on the idea. And and if another victim picked up picked up on that and thought that's what she was talking about, you know, more power to you, you know, as far as that concern. But uh, she is available. She is available if if the person wanted some clarity. Uh, because I, I I have called her on countless of numbers of times. And she has always called me back, and I'm and I'm like Joe Blow nobody. As far as that concerns, she matter of fact, she called me back last night, eleven o'clock Eastern Standard Time, on, on something that and she didn't know what I was calling her for. So I know she's available, and and you know I I would just say you know take that opportunity with a with another non-white person, not not because she's Doctor Francis Quest Welsing, uh. Seven eight years young or anything like that with any non-white victim, especially, especially if they're they're available, you know, like like I know she is from personal experience. That's one of the main reasons why I brought it up. Uh, can I be here? Yes, sir. Yes. Um, yeah, I heard, uh, I was here when, uh, Dr. Francis Crest Welsing was here talking about marijuana use and, uh, and I thought it was kind of funny when she mentioned it because she's just, uh, she's so natural and real about everything she says. She's just like, everybody's going to be smoking weed and, 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 uh, and it's funny, um, like I've noticed that there are a lot of people who like, who, uh, who can function like with, um, with addiction or with uh, with certain uses of different drugs. Now, this depends on how you define all these different things. But there's certain there's I know there's a lot of people that are like doctors and lawyers who smoke weed and, and police officers or whatever you know. Um, but um, it's funny because um, I uh, I've, I've I've smoked weed for a while and um, and uh, and I remember once going to a to a, a shrink, and he telling me that um, that I was essentially self-prescribing, like self-medicating, when I was taking marijuana. And this is a this is his opinion, right? But I've heard this opinion a bunch of times, like from different people, and it might be like a pop psychology kind of thing. 
but it's interesting because I talked to some other people who were saying, you know, they're very young, very angry and had very large tempers as, as young children and who eventually started taking marijuana and, um, and it kind of calmed them down or whatever. Now, um, I just, uh, like personally, I, I do not condone the use of drugs in any way. Like, um, personally, they've been a, they've been a bad thing for me personally. They've been a bad thing in my life. It's been, uh, you know, you, when you have, um, these, uh, issues, like when you're facing these issues, like, uh, dealing with the system of white supremacy and just the anger and the suffering and, and all people who have suffering in their lives, they have a, more of a susceptibility to, um, to, uh, drug addiction and, and, uh, and um, so there are a lot of people who function really well on it, but then there's other people who are going to be self-medicating and becoming rely, like relying on it. And it's interesting because um, I notice that when I'm not using, my energy levels can be totally different. And um, and really, it can it can suppress a lot of that like that energy and that anger or that you know, and it could be motivating energy, it could not be. And then there's all the money, all the money that gets spent. And then she was talking about who knows what they're going to be spraying on it and schizophrenia. And there are links to schizophrenia. And, uh, uh, you know, that's just my take on that. I would like to speak on it. Um, this is Scotty Reed. Um, I've been listening for a while. Well, actually, I just tuned back in after I got a message um, that uh, my response to what uh, Dr. Welsing said uh, was brought up. And I'm just hearing a lot of misinformation uh, on this program. Um, it's not what I thought she said. Um, if you go back and you listen to the program that myself and a person who works in, um, um, well, I can't think of the exact title. Uh, his name is Brother Sharifa Mead, a substance abuse counselor, okay, works with the youth. Um, so she did say, and we played the clip, that smoking marijuana makes you lazy, that you won't be looking for jobs and stuff like that. You can go back and if you need to refresh your memory and listen to it. We played, we played the clip. We played that portion. The whole show wasn't about marijuana, but we played the portion of her talking about marijuana. Okay, um, the person that says they, they, um, who, I have to ask the question, who is they? Who's trying to legalize marijuana because politicians do not want to legalize marijuana because they're making too much money off of it being illegal. A um, number of ways, uh, illegal drugs. I don't know if you heard of Iran-Contra and the whole crack cocaine conspiracy, but selling all of those illegal drugs, those uh, crack cocaine on the street, is how the CIA funds uh, many of its um, and I'm, I'm trying to be codified here. Let's just say it's secret operations, it's illegal operations, uh, all the uh, genocide that they was committing in South America, all the people they were funding, giving money to. Well, that was being funded by the uh, money that they was getting from the drug uh, sales on the street. They don't want it to be illegal. They make too much money off of locking up the majority of non-white people keeps a lot of cops employed, keeps a lot of uh, prison guards employed. So they don't want to legalize marijuana. In the states of Colorado and Washington, 
voters uh, uh, got enough signatures together on a petition. And I uh, actually, Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, who I have interviewed many law enforcement professionals who have uh, will tell you to a man that the drug war is racist so that they can target black people and put them on these prison slave plantations. But they, I think they were part, I, can, I might be wrong, but it seems like the last time I interviewed one, they were talking about that they were helping with the signature drive for the petition. Because in many states, if you get X amount of thousand signatures, then you can get uh, something put on a ballot for the voters to vote on. So the citizens, not any politician, not, and I'm going to try to um, stay codified here. Let me just say, no politicians, nobody considered part of the establishment uh, passed that legalization. The voters of Washington and Colorado passed that legalization because if they wanted it illegal, that's the establishment, the government, then the current president's administration uh, through the Drug Enforcement Administration would not conducted the pot raids uh, on the, in these states that have legalized it. They wouldn't have went in there and busted uh, all of these uh, dispensaries if the uh, United States government, uh, most powerful racist white supremacist in the world, wanted it uh, legal, then they wouldn't be conducting all of these raids. Uh, they made too much money off of it in a number of ways. Now, the concerns about, well, they might be spraying stuff on it and stuff like that. Well, you can grow it in, <laughs> just like you can grow tomato plants. Okay, um, I think some of the states that have legalized it, I think they have said, well, no, not, I don't know about Colorado and Washington, but in the states that had just medicinal marijuana, like California, you were only allowed to grow like eight plants, okay, for your own supply. So that solves the problem right there. If you're worried about somebody poisoning you and spraying stuff on it right there, that's something you can grow in your own backyard, okay. Um, what is some of the other uh, disinformation um, that I heard? Um, me, myself, I, um, she also mentioned the fact, said that, she kind of suggested, I don't want to say she directly said it, but she kind of suggested that the medicinal uses of marijuana are, are fraudulent. Like, you know, it's not true. It has no medicinal benefit. Okay, when I was injured, when I received a back injury and a serious back injury um, to my spine, I had spinal cord damage in left side of my body, uh, my lower legs, uh, I was paralyzed, okay? I couldn't even get out the bed for an entire year, all right? Um, couldn't, afford, couldn't afford the operation that I needed to have because uh, they, you know, of course, they tried my job while I got hurt on. They was denying that it happened on the job and all this and that. And so they was disputing it, lost my insurance, uh, couldn't get the operation. Uh, I think I ended up getting Medicaid. But they weren't going to pay for the operation. And so, but what they were going to do was help me manage the pain. All right. So they wanted to prescribe me Oxycontin. Anybody that has heard of Oxycontin or know anything about Oxycontin knows that it is highly addictive. Okay. 
I don't like taking pills to begin with. I mean, I'll take a Tylenol, I'll take an aspirin, but any other type of pills and stuff like that, I do not like taking, taking pills. I smoke weed to manage my pain, all right, and it did a very good job. So that's a medicinal benefit right there, okay, and, and being able to manage that pain, I was able to do physical therapy to where I was able to strengthen my body. Now, I didn't have an operation where I ended up what they would cover, Medicaid would cover, was steroid injections uh, at, at the point of uh, where my um, sciatic nerves um, were uh, leaking out of my spine to shrink them back in. So marijuana, that, that pain management that it gave me, allowed me to strengthen my body to the point that now, um, you know, I can pretty much, I can't, I, I can't exert myself in physical activity, meaning like I can't do the things I used to do, like go and play basketball every weekend and run up and down a court and stuff like that. But I can cut my grass. I can go walking. I can pull my grandson in his wagon up and down the street for about a mile or so. So I, I can do those things, okay? Um, the pain has basically went away. I haven't used marijuana now in probably about – a year okay but also um the caller who was talking about it helps you uh deal self-medicating that is the proper term is self-medicating i started smoking weed at about the age of, of 13 okay dealing with traumatic events hanging with the wrong crowd and i'm not and, and don't get me wrong i'm not promoting uh marijuana use to anyone Okay, but I got exposed to it on the streets. By the way, by it being illegal, then that means it's going to be on the streets for 12-year-old kids to have access to it because they're not the drug dealers that we went to didn't ask us for ID. All they asked us if we had the money. So I started smoking weed at about 13 years old to uh, deal with, um, I'll call it absent father syndrome, a man who I thought was my father. I found out in a messed up way that he wasn't my father. He was my younger brother and sister's father. And his mother, in a cruel type of way, um, um, told, I went to church with her, and she told somebody that, yeah, these two are my grandkids, but he's not. Well, this was news to me. This was a pretty traumatic event in my life, all right? And I wasn't getting the answers from my mother about who my father really was. So I started self-medicating myself to deal with that traumatic uh, psychological event. And then I, I, I smoked weed all the way through high school. Didn't make me lazy. Worked all through high school, all of that. Always got stayed on the honor roll, so, you know, I didn't mess with my mind or my study habits or anything like that. In high school, got the second highest score on my SAT uh, uh, in my school, second highest in, in the school. It has never interfered uh, with, with my mental, all right? But I wish I could have found another way uh, to deal with that traumatic psychological event of, of missing father or not knowing, because I don't want to say I didn't have a father, because I did have a father figure. He just wasn't my biological father. Then when I finally met my biological father, that void that was in my life, those questions that was in my head were answered. So that whole time I was basically self-medicating uh, to deal with things, then moving, moving a lot 
uh, didn't grow up around white people, um, even though I was born down here in North Carolina, lived in Detroit where, you know, I started smoking weed, come to North Carolina, exposed to all these racist white people, going to school with them, stuff like that. That was kind of traumatic, all the mistreatment. So I kept self-medicating. And so, you know, it's all of these misconceptions. And so um, on the decriminalization all, all that means is if you get caught, they decriminalize weed in North Carolina, by the way, but it's not legal. All that means is if you get caught with an ounce or less, then you just pay a fine. All right. Now, I don't know how many times, you know, you have to be caught before they send you to jail or something like that. I've never been caught with uh, any kind of weed or any kind of substance like that. Um, so um, decriminalization means you still going to pay a fine. And so that means more money still going into the system of white supremacy. Okay. Um, legalization means exactly what it means. It means just like how people, um, you know, I, I don't want to assume, but I assume some people listening tonight might use wine uh, to relax, uh, to self-medicate. Some people might use alcohol. It, uh, that's all legalization means is that it will be treated just like wine and alcohol. Actually, that was what it, the initiative was called on the ballot. Treat, uh, um, what was it? And marijuana is a racist term, so I don't like to use that term if you study the history of it. They came up with that term so that they can uh, uh, demonize the Mexican immigrants that was coming up here that was smoking weed and stuff, so they call it marijuana. You know, that's what, that's what the local weed that these crazy Mexicans is smoking and, you know, doing all this crazy stuff. So the proper term is, can is, is cannabis. Now, um, the last thing that I will say is that it's not just about um, being able to recreate, uh, uh, use it just like people use wine and alcohol. Uh, can uh, cannabis has several different plants in his family. The other uh, uh, cousin, related cousin, is called hemp. Okay? It was one time in the United States that if you were a farmer, you had a certain percentage of your crops had to be hemp, okay, because you can make so many different things from hemp, from clothes to uh, varnishes to paint to uh, canvases, stuff like that. It was almost their first billion-dollar uh, uh, industry, the hemp industry, because you made so much stuff from it, all right? Uh, even Bio uh, Henry Ford's first Model T ran off of hemp oil, uh, biofuel. Okay, so it's not just about recreational use of cannabis, but it's also about allowing people to start back using hemp in an industrial manner that's going to create jobs. The reasons why, another reason why it was made illegal is because of William Randolph Hearst, who owned the biggest uh, propaganda newspaper uh, owner in the United States, also owned a whole bunch of tree farms to, uh, uh, you know, of course they make, you know, newspapers out of trees, all right? So um, they were previously making it out of hemp. You can take five acres, uh, 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 excuse me, one acre of hemp equals five acres of trees. So it will also stop people cutting down trees, which you need oxygen. You know, trees make oxygen. So they, he 
uh, uh, you know how lobbyists work in, in the political realm, got a whole bunch of racist white supremacists to help him corner the market on paper products and stuff like that. Let's make it illegal. And, of course, they use, you know, Mexicans and other minorities to demonize it. Uh, so they just made everything illegal. And, and so now he's cornered the market. So, you know, the, another economic reason of why it was uh, cannabis was made illegal. And so uh, anybody, you know, uh, and, and I could have called in that night. But I didn't feel comfortable calling in that night because uh, Dr. Wellsing is an elder. Um, she's probably set in her views on that. And I probably was not going to change her mind in five or ten minutes. And it's not my program, so I'm not going to call in and debate with her for 30 minutes or so. No, it wouldn't have been proper for me to do to do that. And so when I feel like I can't change a person's mind by giving them the facts and pointing them to the research, then I just put out my own information. I don't need to argue. I don't need to debate with people. All I need to do is point to the research and, and you know, anybody can go to law enforcement against prohibition. Now, um, the same way we're stopping uh, people. Mr. Reed, Mr. Reed, yes. Mr. Reed, hang on one second because I want to make sure uh, – other folks bowed in hand up. I'm sorry. You, oh, no, no apologies. No apologies. I appreciated the feedback. I was glad you got you were able to chime in. Um, I didn't want to hang on the legalization issue for the rest of the program because we got mandatory time that we got to spend on job place racism. So if anybody that dialed in that has not shared yet, or anybody that wanted to get a response in, uh, we can take like the next six minutes. Uh, if anybody has any any final thoughts they want to get on this issue specifically, uh, you can get Hello. Mr. Reed's. Hello, can I be heard? Uh, you can get Mr. Reed's Monday program uh, download. I think that's the one where he spoke uh, about this issue uh, from this past Monday. You should be able to uh, download it. You should be able to download uh, the broadcast and check it out. Uh, are there any folks that have not spoken at all that want to get a comment on this topic? Oh, oh last thing. I, I, I want to say, be, uh, I know you want to move on. You gave six minutes, and it's not going to take me six minutes. Um, my whole issue with it is that it's, it's the main tool that they're using to lock up a whole bunch of people, okay? Um, the vast majority of everybody that's in prison is in prison for a plant. Okay, for a plant that God made, that nobody or the creator made or nature, you may, you ain't got to add nothing to it. People shouldn't be locked up for that. Okay, it's about having uh, people being able to make a choice of their own, where they make bad choices or good choices. Who is this government to tell me with all the criminality that it does throughout the world to tell an individual that we're going to lock you up for using this plant? That, that's not logical, and it's not promoting justice either. And, and Neely Fuller's, in, in which I agree with, uh, his definition of justice is that where the people who need the most help get help. And locking them up, they are not getting any help. They're actually getting uh, the same drugs from the prison guards. So it does, the, the drug war in all its forms does not pray, uh, um Excuse me, promote justice. That's all I have to say. Thank you for allowing me to speak on this issue. Hello, can I be heard? Yes, sir. Yeah, I wanted to echo uh, some of the points that uh, Mr. Scotty Reed made about marijuana. Um, 
not all marijuana makes you know people lazy and and uh, and not want to do anything. You know, there's two types. You know, there's there's a strain of marijuana called sativa, and that one is much more energizing and increases your focus and creativity. So, you know, that's you know, I'm not advocating that people smoke it, but I just wanted to um, give the perspective that um, there are two types. You know, there's the indica and then the sativa. Sativa is the one that increases your, your focus and creativity, and and um, that's the one that stimulates you. And um, the indica is you use that more for like um, you know to reduce your pain, and it makes you much more lethargic. Makes more, um, excuse me, makes makes you much more. Uh, I can't find the, the right word, but I guess much more lazy. Um, so I guess um, I'm, I'm probably making a, a broad generalization, but I think m- most black people smoke the indica version, and I think that's the most that's the one that's the most widely used, and that's the one that's the cheapest, the least expensive one, and the sativa is a bit more expensive. So I saw, I just wanted to throw that out there. Again, I'm not advocating that people. Go out there and smoke marijuana, but that's all I wanted to say on that. Oh, we got uh, we can get one more comment on this before we switch to the job. Uh, I mean, we can just think about that. <laughs> Do we think it would be more important to discuss cannabis smoking or what's happening on the job? And I'm just going to say definitively, I don't care what you're smoking, white people are killing us on the job. If you want to talk about that, you can have another program or what have you. We need to talk about job situations because that is way under-discussed. Uh, we did have a listener. She said that uh, her cousin is a chemist. Marijuana destroys uh, dopamine. Uh, dopamine is the chemical in the brain that affects the stratum, primarily responsible for motivation. Uh, that was from one of our listeners. She wrote that in. Uh, if anybody who has not commented on this topic that wanted to uh, get in, because we only got time, well, we're only going to take one more on this topic. So if anybody has not spoken at all who wanted to get anything on this, uh, yes, Gus. Uh, I would like to say I, I'm the person that that uh, brought brought up the old subject. Uh, I uh, listen to Mr. Reed's programs, and I think his programs are constructive, uh, also. And uh, he has a lot to uh, to say that I think that's important, also. Thank you, sir. Okay. Hello. Uh, I um. I'm not a talker, but, you know, I've been listening to this program for a while. A lot of it's very, very informative. Can you hear me clearly? Is there a buzz or anything? Okay, good. I'm going to try to um, tie this in. Uh, Carl Sagan, the astronomer or scientist, Graham Hancock, Egyptologist, both used marijuana. Graham Hancock does not use marijuana anymore because he used ayahuasca, what our ancestors used, the ones who built the pyramids, mind expansive. There's there's beliefs that man's mind was expanded from plants in the jungle, one of which was that plant. Now, if that's true, uh, 
and we were there in the jungle. Now you have to go to Brazil to do that sort of thing. Uh, I see no no uh, problem with that. Also, two Americans who competed against the Soviet Union in Russia, both musicians. One won the gold medal. The other won. They didn't award a first prize. He won first place. One use uses cocaine. I know that. The other one uh, died recently. He was caught in a hotel in New York with heroin, breaking into the hotel. He wasn't even staying there on heroin. I'm not saying that drugs are good. I haven't used marijuana in 30 years. But when uh, I so did, I really yeah. want to get back to the work portion of it. We, uh, like I said, the drug thing. We talked about that. I really rather get back to workplace yeah. right okay. now. Okay, okay, okay. Hey, hey, listen, guys. Look, I don't want to mess with no reefer addicts, okay? Have you followed it all? Like they're they're now they're talking about um, legalizing marijuana, and uh, yeah, that's all. Yeah, that's all. And all that any, anything that comes up like that, you know, that's got a question mark on it. Uh, you got to figure usual suspects at it and move to an, another program that they're going to dump on black people. It's going to have a, some type of harmful effect. That's what it's all about. They don't do nothing unless it is. There's a lot of black people that they've been following this and they say that, you know, the drug laws, they're racist and they just have crammed prisons with a lot of black males. And if they do this. Oh, sure. Yeah. A lot of black people will say that. Yeah. And the next thing you know, they'll ease right in. I mean, and lace it with a little cocaine and whatnot, you know. Mm. Mm. Say that they have found out that that has a little, a few medicinal <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Welsing, she was on the program, I think it was two weeks ago, and she, I don't even know how it came up, but somehow she ended up giving her view on that. And she said that I think this is going to be really harmful for black people. She said what you just said. She said, who knows what they'll end up putting in it uh, and putting all yeah. sorts of other chemicals and having people right. being really psychotic and not knowing what it is. Yeah. She said, uh, right. this is not going to benefit us at all. And she said, not at all. Look at she's, they wouldn't be doing it. It was going to be beneficial. Mm hmm. Yeah, they would not be doing it if it was going to be beneficial. They would not be making it available to black people. It would be impossible to get. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. She said, uh, She said, just put it in context. She said, now look at everything that's happening now. The schools sure. are falling apart, but weed is going to be yeah. legal. You can't get a job, but weed is going to be legal. Black males yeah. and black females right. are ready to kill each other. Weed is right. going to be like, what about this makes you think this is going to work out well for black people? Yeah. And I thought it made perfect sense. You know, she only talked sure. about this for maybe five minutes and then we moved on to other things. Yeah. This right. became like a huge issue. Black black people made whole programs just about that little five minute segment where she said that and saying, oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about. And that's ridiculous. And we've had drug counselors on and it has medicinal properties and it's going to get black people out of jail. And this ended up being a whole dialogue for like a week. 
uh, people talking about this. And I've never heard so many people say Dr. Wilson doesn't know. You mean mean criticizing it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. And saying Dr. Wilson doesn't know what she's talking about. Well, she might not. But I mean, I got reason to believe if they're putting dumping a lot on black people, I've never known them to come running to black people with a whole bunch of stuff that's going to really be really uplifting and take us really over the top. I mean, it's something of constructive value. I've never known that. Anything that's going to be a real benefit and whatnot, I've I've seen them trying to run and hide it mm. over and over again. So there's reason to be suspicious. See, now it might be. I mean, that this is going to be a hey, this is going to be the major breakthrough for black people. All of a sudden, we're going to be the greatest people on earth. <laughs> you know? But I don't think so. I don't either. I don't either. I just said you. I don't have no reason to believe that. They were saying, you know, this has uh, medicinal properties and blah, blah, blah. And they Yeah, saying, I know. That's what they've been saying. I mean, you know, hey, as long as uh, uh, weed has been around, I mean, and all of a sudden they discovered that it has medicinal, you know, man, I'm saying it's been around like, I mean, about 2,000 years. And whoops, I mean, we just made a discovery, you know, this morning back here in the back room, you know. And uh, this is, hey, I mean, we're going to make this available. I mean, and it's going to be with the school lunch program over there, you know, South Philly. Right. Oh, they got, they where you are, they don't have it here, but where you are, they have, uh, it's fake weed. It looks like it, and you can smoke it, but it's not that. And I had black people telling me that they have this in the poor black areas in D.C. Uh, for like $5, and it's got cartoon characters on it. And I was just like, now, I mean, are you serious? Can you imagine white people putting something like that in their neighborhood saying, oh, yeah, this is great. We want to put a uh, little artificial weed up, and it's in the baggie and everything. It looks like the real thing with cartoon characters yeah, on this, it. This is, yeah, this is all preparation for the big stuff and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, they intend to robotize black people, I mean, big time in every area of activity. So, I mean, you know, they just push buttons. Mm. They were saying it's going to be like alcohol. And they were saying, you all don't, ha- you all don't, I don't think anybody out there, you all would have a problem with a glass of wine for dinner or having one beer. And I was just like, wow. I mean, all the talk I've heard you say about firewater, like, okay, if we're going to compare this to alcohol, has alcohol helped black people get to where we need to be? Like, yeah, just like years ago, they, you know, they made a real popular Coke 45 beer. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and it's supposed to have all that, uh, uh, narcotic in it. Uh, I don't hear so much about it now because I think they just every now and then they just try another, they just try different stuff. You know, sometimes I I think just to see what will work, and you know, and what won't, and then they'll take it off the market for a while. I mean, you know, if they just you know want to experiment with something else, but I think they do a lot of it just. Just experiment about what will work in case they do have to use it in mass. <laughs> you know, they're always on a drawing board, figuring out what they're going to do with black people for the next five hundred years. Mm. All beyond. That's a part of the white supremacist strategy. Always stay ahead of the curve. You know. Now, what are we going to have them doing fifty years from now? You know. 
what kind of game are we going to run on them? Well, let's see. Let's see what we got in the archives back here. You know, you know. So, you know, just like back in the 18th century, I mean, you know, rum was the big thing. I mean, so you know, they just keep looking for stuff to sell, sell, and and particularly when it comes to a huge population of non-white people, and so. But they want what they sell to be harmful. See, they don't want nothing that's going to build you up. See, they're not, they're not trying to get black people interested in, hey, you know, more spinach and all like that. No. <laughs> I mean, give them something that's absolutely non-constructive and have them spend all their money on it and have non-constructive ramifications. See, now... The black people who are saying, you know, speaking out against Dr. Wilson, then let them go and say, okay, run the test on it and see how black people are going to improve. It's going to improve their minds. I mean, be able to measure how it's going to improve, you know, black people from what they are now. And when they use the weed, they're going to be much better people. Now, how is this going to happen? And better in what way? Now, if, if they can't show some kind of samples, I mean, where, hey, you know, the black person who uh, dropped out of school, I mean, is just as smart as the person that stayed in on the kind of he's on weed, then, hey, maybe you got something going there, you know? You know, it made the black person smarter, you know? The black people are now some of the smartest people in the world on the kind of the weed. I don't think that's going to happen. I have the, I, they haven't even claimed that that's going to happen. So what is what specifically is it supposed to do? I haven't even heard that. They say it has medicine problems, uh, medicine properties. Medicine, what is it going to cure? Now, see, there's a lot of things out here got to be cured. Name something that is going to cure. They were saying like uh, chronic pain. It was one person. He said he had to have back surgery, and he used weed to help him uh, self-medicate for the pain for that. Okay, now it gets into that solve problems without making any. Now, is it going to uh, cure back? See, you don't feel nothing. I mean, I don't. Hey, you ain't feeling nothing when you're on LSD sailing through the air off the top of a building. <laughs> you know. <laughs> He said he didn't. He didn't have any problems. He said, it "Man, didn't. I believe I can fly." <laughs> you know? He said, uh, "This person." He said he didn't. Yeah, have he ain't scared. No, take away fear, man. You know, LSD will do that. I ain't scared of nothing. You know. Well, you won't jump off this building. You, I won't. <laughs> You know, <laughs> he ain't said nothing but the word, and he will. Mm. You've got to hold him down now, because he will take off in a minute. He, he is not afraid. So that LSD, I mean, it is proven. It takes away fear, you know. And you get strength, because a lot of people on some of these drugs, I mean, they got to really, what's that drug that, Law enforcement always say PCP. PCP. Yeah, yeah. If a guy is loaded with that man, you got to really, you got to hog time. You got to have five or six people hold him down, because he gets strength that he ain't, he didn't know that he had at all. Okay, but 
is that constructive? See what I mean? Right. Absolutely. I mean, a guy, you know, if they make it legal, PCP, and, you know, a guy get out there and, hey, you know, I don't need no jack for this car. I can lift it. <laughs> and he will. But his back will go out. See what I mean? Yes, sir. He'll be he'll be through. I mean, when he comes out from under that, I mean, he'll be feeling everything then. See what I mean? Hey, to a to a degree, that's always been true of alcohol. You know, guy out there fighting, and somebody cut him and whatnot, or you know, bust a bottle in his face, he don't even feel it. But when that alcohol wears off, he feels it. Mm. So that ain't nothing new. And I, I asked the question, is this addictive uh, about the marijuana? Because nobody brought that up. And I remember what you said about not letting people increase your needs. Uh, I said, you know. Hey. Yeah, increase your needs. I mean, and that's another thing. I mean, I, I got along all this time without knowing anything about marijuana except it exists. And I got, you know, I got an idea how it smells because I've seen people smoking it. Okay. But now... It's, you know, if you're going to give me some of it, even not even thinking about selling it, I mean, what, 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 you know, what is this supposed to do? I mean, is, is it going to increase my need for it? You know, I don't need anything. I don't need any increased needs. Okay? I need a, I need a roof over my head when it's, you know... I need warm, a warm place to be when it's storming and cold, zero weather. See, I mean, it's enough needs. Now, you're going to give me something that's going to increase my need? For what? In order to accomplish what? All I can say is be suspicious, totally. the laws and that period was called the civil rights era and we thought they changed the laws everything was going to be okay and we look up after the laws were changed and now they're trying to circle back and put those laws in place now the reason being is that the people who classify themselves as white they're a tiny tiny minority on the planet and they're getting ready to be a tiny minority in this area of the world. And so they're nervous, and when they get nervous, sometimes they think that they have a right to kill. So I want you to understand that. You're talking to your son. And I don't want you to spend any time hating, being discourteous and disrespectful. That's not necessary. All you have to do is practice respecting yourself as a young black man and deciding that you are going to work very hard in school, learn as much as you can, and go as far with your education as you can go so that you can help black people 
change this situation, this system of injustice, into a system of justice so there can be peace on this planet. And say, I want you to understand that, and I'm going to buy Neely Fuller's book for you because it has a lot of behavioral advice that uh, will be helpful to you. And to the best of your ability, I want you to stay away from all drugs and all alcohol because the system is now trying to deceive black people by legalizing marijuana and telling black people it's okay. But if you listen to the medical discussions that are even on the television, where some of the doctors are coming forward and talking about the strength of what is being turned out as marijuana is much stronger, and that it can help cause a person to become psychotic. And as far as you can say, Dr. Francis Wilson believes that the intention is to black people not having jobs, and so all they have to do is sit in their area and get high on marijuana as opposed to having their brains clear so that they can be in the push for demanding justice. So, you know, tell your son to respect himself, and if he respects himself, then he will respect black females because we are all 50% from our mothers and 50% genetic makeup from our fathers. And if we as a people... If if you're a young black man and say you hate black women, or if it's a young black woman saying she hates black men, then you're not in a passing level of respect for yourself. A healthy people will respect themselves as male and female respect one another as male and female. Oh. As the cannabis industry expands, there are more and more options. There are now many more ways to take marijuana than smoking it, and some are so intense they come with a warning for teenagers. Steve Patterson has more. With more than 7,000 dispensaries nationwide, the $20 billion marijuana industry is growing so fast, some state regulators say it's even outpacing alcohol sales. The cannabis choices are growing, too, with new products like Wax or Shatter now available. They're sold in fruity flavors and have levels of THC, the compound in marijuana that makes you high, that can be eight times higher than the pot of 20 years ago, according to state regulators. And that's made some Colorado parents like Sydney Block and Janet Corneal terrified. 
It was scary. She was slurring her words. She wouldn't wake up. Sydney smoked weed when she was younger and says she couldn't believe her daughter Jasmine's reaction was from marijuana. I was like, there's no way that this is just weed. Janet said she didn't know what her son Will was using. I had no idea. I'll be honest with you. Their teens, 18-year-old Will and 19-year-old Jasmine, were both taking marijuana concentrates using what's called dabbing to get high. When I was first really getting into high-potency THC, I don't think I ever had to pay money for it. You just got it handed to me. Yes. I can't be a coherent, functioning human being when I was under the influence of all the stuff I was using, predominantly high concentrated THC. Dabbers use blowtorches to heat up rigs, or they vape the concentrated wax or shatter. One dab could be equivalent to smoking an entire bowl. These pot concentrates with flavors like fruit frenzy are legal for adults in Colorado, but not for kids under 21. It did get to the point where it was like, if I don't smoke weed today, like, I'm not doing anything. I couldn't, like, wake up. I couldn't, like, go to sleep. I couldn't do anything without it. Got so dependent. Will and Jasmine found support at a Denver public high school called 5280 that's designed for so kids in like recovery. The amount of THC that's coming into their system is causing severe psychiatric sy symptoms such as suicidality and even psychotic breaks. New state data shows the sale of these high THC products in Colorado has increased by over 150 percent since 2016. The federal government says THC concentrates are more likely to produce anxiety, agitation, paranoia, and psychosis. Today, Will and Jasmine are both sober and have some advice for the cannabis industry. Rather than putting so much time and effort into like making more and more and more potent things until we have 100% THC or whatever, I think that it is possible to spend more time and effort into looking into how to protect our youth. Context of white supremacy. Uh, if you do not understand white supremacy racism, what it is, how it works, everything else will only confuse you. The word context used so many times in that segment. So this is program one of two. Dr. Lynn Silver should be joining us in approximately 37 minutes, white woman. So when you listen, if you listen to the archives, these will be two separate podcasts. But for those of us live, we're like, hey, you can just kick back and listen, see if you're out at the beach, out on the lake, doing the whole BBQ could be listening how interesting go through this quickly see if any folks maybe they were with us way back in 2013 and uh yeah now they have thoughts 10 years later so notes and context and then we will get started it is like another universe in some respects not only was a negro in the white house so in 2013 two states had recreational cannabis Colorado, Gus T, Washington State. Now, 19 states and Washington, D.C. have recreational cannabis. It is different galaxy from when that conversation took place. In some respects, in other respects, same plantation. That is a big one, though, to kind of keep in mind, like, 
Wow. Uh, let's see. We heard we got assistance from uh, the great Marvin Gaye, cocaine addict, singing about his addiction. Got assistance from the great Rick James. How could we not include Rick James, cocaine addict, cannabis addict? Said he was such an addict, he didn't buy it by the ounce, he bought it by the pound. Not for distribution, for personal consumption. Rick James. Let's see. The. Should have, I should have said something about this back then. Uh, and you heard not everyone who dialed in. Uh, Lots of folks who did think, hey, some counter-racist logic from Dr. Welsing. How about that? Hmm. Sobriety. Gus T. must not have been saying sobriety would be best way back then. That is something that I learned. Like, I have to go back to see, like, at what point did you start including that as a regular conclusion to the broadcast? Obviously not in 2013. Uh, but... One thing that should have been said then by myself, uh, the caller who said that, hey, if we had legal cannabis, there would be no more drug testing in the workplace. That is incorrect. Uh, And we talked about this way back then when they were talking about legalizing in Washington state that that does not mean that they will not be drug testing in your workplace. And in certain drug places, certain work spaces, they still do, even in the numerous states now where cannabis has been legalized so that is just one correction I want to get in uh, let's see and like oh my you all didn't even get to hear you all didn't even get to hear some of the people that wrote in uh, after they heard what Dr. Welsing had to say during her 19th visit uh, and some of them let's see they wrote in and these are ones that I think I could go and pull their written commentary if you know someone called me on the carpet metaphor uh, one of them was oh man Dr. Welsing hasn't been around black people what does she know uh, and I did tell Dr. Welsing that one she thought that was hilarious we had a different person who wrote uh, that these are just lame excuses for us to miss out on entrepreneurial opportunities There will be millions, billions to be made. Black people should cash in. Now, that's kind of a you can laugh and cry kind of because I mean now, Jesus Christ, how many reports have they had all the way up to like today about how black people have been ruthlessly excluded from, yes, the billions and billions of dollars in recreational cannabis. In fact, I spoke with a black person. I can give you this one two ways. Personally, if you don't want to just hear the old lame reports, I spoke with a black person, Washington state wanted to get into growing the business side of it. And I said, Oh man, they ruthlessly exclude black people. He said, I know, well, they have to do something. I mean, you know, they can't just have like five or six black people. I said, one, He said, what do you mean one? I said, one. You said five or six. NPR did a report. They looked at the thousands of cannabis, recreational cannabis businesses. One 
at that time were black and I guarantee it has not spiked to 25% or 13% or 10% or anything like that in that time they got just bucket loads and bucket loads of these reports like oh man all the black people Jamal and you know Dante that you locked up for cannabis possession and he knows all the ins and outs of the business he could have been you know out of it yeah 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 got it yeah yeah they could have wrote the laws and made sure to make it. Ah, bah, bah, bah. That's why I said that one is kind of laughable to even think that white people would allow a few niggers. I mean, oh, yeah, you got Snoop and a few folks here or there. But a lot of the folks that I've seen that they trot out racial showcasing for black cannabis owners. These are people who already had a few nickels. I mean, it's a few like one percent NPR and like I said it's more of these reports than you could read you could take a whole you could waste a whole afternoon when you could have been at the beach reading reports about dang it's hardly any Negro black cannabis owners yep 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 uh let's see this is one just the report or the commentary about black people and they smoke the specific types of strains like Dr. Welsing was talking about this in many aspects like now for real what lab do we have that has studied the exact composition of cannabis that black people consume in Oklahoma Iowa California New York State the US in total I would love to know if they have a think tank, a Negro think tank that has that information. I would love to know. Let's see. The fewer black people in greater confinement. Now that one, hopefully we can get some folks. Now let's see. Ten years on, what does this look like? There are some reports that say, hey, there are fewer black people arrested even fewer people in total arrested because of cannabis that is a good thing hey nobody wants race soldiers putting their paws on you without cause and Gus T would be in favor of decriminalization I think I'd said that throughout decriminalize you could decriminalize and desist permanently with locking up black people for cannabis and or keeping keeping them caged for cannabis without having super mega potent THC fruity pebbles on the corner like why does that have to be connected I don't I don't understand still learning uh, let's see but the fewer black people in greater confinement so this is one hopefully we'll be able to root down on Boop, 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 because this is my backyard specifically. The report, the effects of marijuana legalization on jail populations in Washington state. The description reads, 10 years ago, Washington state legalized the production, sale and possession of marijuana through Initiative 502. Advocates of legalization argued that it would decrease the jail population and reduce the disproportionate incarceration of 
minorities, reasoning that the police would refocus their resources on other matters. That's sure what they said. In order to evaluate this assumption, we examined jail booking data using a set of interrupted time series regression models. Our findings indicate that jail population trends differ among counties across the time and with respect to impacts on minorities and women. With regard to ethnic and racial disproportionate impact, there appears to be little positive change. Now, I was thinking I could put the sound effect in the warm, 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 but I mean, now really, did anybody really think? Maybe some of us did, but I do remember this was said a lot. Oh, yeah, we got to make it legal. They'll stop locking up Negroes. Like, really? Because, I mean, along with this, another one, you can waste a whole afternoon reading reports where they will tell you in many of those states where recreational cannabis is now legal. Do you know what? Disproportionately, guess who still gets locked up for cannabis? Now, how many guesses do you need to get that one? And again, now, this is another one. Now, how many of these reports do you want to read? Because this is not a one, a two, a five, a twelve. Waste the whole afternoon, you could be at the beach. Let's see. Do, 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 do. Even that getting black people out of confinement, now, even you can pull back to the future on that one. We went through two years of pandemic. Did you see lots of individuals classified as white anywhere look really excited and dedicated? Hey, we got the Rona. Let's get some of these colored folks out of greater confinement. We know that they got all kinds of problems. We stuffed them in all these asbestos and lead filled uh, residences and what have you. They got asthma and all these other what they call it comorbidities they've been stuffed full of Twinkies and Cheetos all their life let's get them out of greater confinement I didn't see that maybe I didn't read the correct newspaper seems like I saw a lot of white people who are very resistant like man what release these raping no what I thought that was what I saw but maybe I missed it um the psychosis I didn't I didn't really hear a whole lot of that touched on. I heard like we again, we got into like strains and what have you. A medical doctor says my observation is I'm seeing patients where there's psychosis seems to be a correlation with cannabis. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe uh, other things to talk about. Like, whoo, that is amazing. And we'll be able to talk more about that with our next guest. Young people, I cannot emphasize this enough. Dr. Francis Cress Welsing, third generation physician, general and child psychiatrist. And I went back through the archives to listen. Incidentally, I did not hear Dr. Welsing in the segment that I played from her 19th visit. I did not hear her use the term lazy. If anyone did, they can timestamp it and bang. But I did not. And that segment talking about cannabis, I did not hear her use the term lazy. Neither here nor there. 
third-generation physician, general, and child psychiatrist. When I was going back listening to the archives of this time period, summer of 2013, Dr. Welsing, she said she works with the children who have been thrown away. I thought that was so poor. She's for years when you play around with sex. The joke is on the offspring, right? She talked about let's stop that throwaway children. She said, that's who I work with. The children who have been thrown away. That was within the context of her getting to these black males that I've worked with that are exhibiting symptoms of psychosis. Seems to be a correlation with cannabis. I'll give you another one. And this is all from that time period when I called her and I told her, man, there were so many black people who were like, man, black people, you haven't even been around black people, Dr. Welsing. Get on out of here. And she said, I was born in Chicago. She said, I started my medical training. Medical doctor. I started my medical training. And she said, we're going through, we're in our uh, residentry program, what have you. And she says that they're going around. The lead physician is showing them his uh, patients. And I guess all the students that are with her and her cohort, med students. So they're taking notes, seeing all the patients. Oh, okay. Boom, boom, boom. They write down a few notes. He gives them a little bit of the patient's uh, medical history or what have you. And then they go off, you know, just it's brief. So she says they go to this one patient, black male, uh, and she says whatever his diagnosis was, blah, blah, blah. This is Fred, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, I guess they could ask questions. It was quick, but I guess if they had any questions or what have you, if they wanted to ask the patient, they could do so. So they go up to Fred. This is Fred. This is a condition. And so Dr. Welsing says, uh, how long have you been using cannabis? And he says, hmm, maybe seven months or so. She says, oh, okay. Thank you. Anybody else? Okay. So they walk off and the physician, white man, he turns and he says, well, she wasn't even Dr. Welsing at the time. Uh, Francis, he turns around. Francis, uh, how did you know he was using cannabis? That's not in my notes or anything. Like, what? And she said, uh, you know, I could have just, you know, blew up my fingernails. Like, man, you don't know who you're talking to. <laughs> she said, she said, uh, you know, I've been around people who consume cannabis. Like, I know what this looks like. And she said, even talking like to me, Gus, uh, going back to 2013, she said, if you ask me like to detail specifically, what am I observing about someone like facial characteristics or uh, patterns in terms of their blinking or breath patterns? What specifically am I seeing where I say, oh, OK, this looks like someone who has probably had significant use of cannabis. Uh, she said, I'd probably have a difficult time. Like if you ask me to like write it all down or like, you know, come hang out with me and point like boom, 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 boom. I'd probably have a difficult time. But she says, oh, yeah, I can accurately uh, pick this out. She said I'd, it's just something about how people present. And then she added, she said, a number of the clients that I speak with black people. In Washington, D.C., at a time when it was even more black people, she said a number of them, when they come in to speak with me, 
they have just consumed and it's still the aroma is still so potent, I guess the essence of the product that I'm getting what they call it a contact just from being in the room talking to them. Grandcester indeed. Now this was 10 years ago. You didn't even have the proliferation of what I said, the super mega maximum magnum potent fruity pebbles. This was way before those existed and way before the Rona, all that talk that people have had about mental health and children's mental health specifically and young people sitting at home and are we going to school? We're not going to school. We got to wear mat. We're not wearing mat. We're going to be on Zoom. We're not going to be on Zoom and all of that. Ooh-wee. Now that's something we couldn't even conceive of, but that sort of environment. Now I'm stuck at home. Hmm. Maybe we can get some of them fruity pebbles. We get on Zoom. Write some penises. That was something I said from the very beginning. Like, man, I'm sitting here in good old Washington State. The Rona hits. They started marking essential. What what are the stores, establishments got to be open? How does the cannabis, the recreational, because they had medicinal cannabis here like years before we got to the gumdrops and fruity pebbles and all the recreational stuff. So, I mean, all the medicinal, which can be totally valid. I know people that use that. Hey, they already had that. I got that. But the 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 gumdrops and all, why is that essential? And the liquor store, same thing that I said about that. Tequila? Really? Why is that essential? <laughs> I don't I don't maybe I'm missing. I don't I don't and so, well they sell they sell Twinkies and peanuts at the liquor store. <laughs> and they, they were serious. <laughs> now, I guess they do sell food, wink wink, at the cannabis shop. They got the burritos and all kinds of what I just said, the fruity pebbles. But that was essential, so you couldn't go to school. You couldn't go to the mall. You couldn't go to the movie theater. You could go get the THC Fruity Pebbles for two years uninterrupted. That was something else. Rather. And then to stand back with shock. People having all these mental health problems. I'm not saying the two are connected, but wow. They had all these reports about huge spike in alcohol usage over the past two years. I'm not surprised the liquor store never closed. You got people all stressed and confused. Puff, puff, pass. Let's take a shot. I don't know what else to do. I got it. I got it. All the people, all the white people who banked on the dispensaries and everything. Hey, to the bank. Woohoo. COVID has been the best thing ever. I started all that with the children. If I had date stamped it, been less of a victim, we could have fast forward all that. We don't need to hear Gus talk about nothing, pick up no reports, put nothing in context. Dr. Welsing ground her response in young black people 
victims of white supremacy. We heard about one of those. Ivory dialed in to tell us about her child. In an area that they don't even have recreational cannabis. Got the medicinal. With some of the exact concerns. Ivory, a black parent, dialed in with some of the exact concerns that Dr. Welsing raised. I think that is one thing when we make evaluations about long-term decisions, really thinking so young non-white people who are very confused about racism, white supremacy, lots of throwaway black children in this environment, what sort of impact might this have on them? Hmm. Anyway, we will have a white woman on the program, so it'll be 15 minutes. We are in, I think, Judith Finlayson. She had the term obesogenic environment, where you're in an environment where you don't have spinach, healthy foods. It's all about Twinkies and Cheetos and, you know, juicy juice. Got that at the tops. Uh, We are in a very chemical environment. That's one of the things I do agree with in Dr. Africa's book where he talks about everything is chemicals. Oh, you can't sleep? We got some narcotic for that. You sleeping too much? We got some narcotic for that. You need to lose weight? We got some narcotic for that for sure. You having problems with your, uh, you know, genital region? We got narcotic for that. Everything is narcotic. Hey, 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 hey. I might be having anger issues. I might be having sleep issues. I don't think the first response should be narcotic. Especially in an environment where we got lots of racists who profit off of all kinds of narcotics. If you want to talk about cannabis as medicinal, fine. They do it that way or you want to talk about anything else, ibuprofen, or, you know, all the rest of it. Uh, specifically, if you come and you say, well, it's you got anger and emotional issues. I am of the opinion all of the narcotics that should be last resort. You got anger issues. Let's do some breathing exercises. Let's do some yoga. Lots of things that we can do that are, hey, free. You can drink water and that lowers your blood pressure. Really, they have therapists. They have exercises that you can do that are, again, free. Where you can calm your anger. And especially if I'm working with a young person, that is the last thing that I want to say. Like, yes, young person, you're having anger issues, control issues. Maybe we can look at some narcotic cannabis. Just gusty in an environment where everything, that's the response. We got a narcotic for that, too. Except racing, they don't have a narcotic yet. Maybe they will, but at least at this moment, they do not have a narcotic for racism. Uh, let's see. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. 
Oh, it was two books I wanted to mention. <sighs> so much content. We did read Countdown. Uh, Shana Swan. Remember that way back when we read that one at the end of last year? She does mention cannabis in that book. And that's another one just talking about young people and thinking about how all of this impacts young people, which we'll talk about in a few minutes with Dr. Silver. I'm not going to read the whole thing, just some of the parts that I did highlight when we read this last year. Marijuana is the most widely used recreational drug in the United States and its use continues to grow, especially as more states legalize it. Many younger people in particular currently believe that it's safer to smoke weed than nicotine, but it may be a mistake to think that marijuana is less toxic to sperm. There hasn't been much research on this issue, but it's starting to trickle in. A 2015 study from Denmark found that regularly smoking marijuana more than once a week was associated with a 29% lower sperm count. Even worse, men ages 18 to 28 who use marijuana more than once a week as well as other recreational drugs reduced their total sperm count by 55%. She talks about females as well. Uh, skipping down, make sure. Uh, let's see. Women aren't impervious to such harmful reproductive effects. A 2019 study found that women who smoked marijuana when they underwent infertility treatment with ART had more than doubled the miscarriage rate of those who didn't. Uh, she has a number of other comments uh, in the book on smoking, alcohol, cannabis, all of that uh, being not healthful for males and females who are looking to produce a healthy child. Uh, that if you're in that stage that you should probably avoid all of the above and not just during the nine months to birth, but hey, a good year or so before you get ready for the time to let's try to conceive this child let's go ahead sobriety would be best as I said Gusty wasn't even saying that at the time that compensatory call in first aired anyway that was from uh, Shauna Swan you can go back and check out reading more important than watching television you can go back in the archives and uh, check out the book uh, we will try to get the author of that report on the program shortly let's see do we have time quickly hear from any of the folks who down in with us let's see oh retired fire. he was actually I didn't even remember retired firefighter sat there and instigated the whole thing sat there and called in and brought all that up uh, to begin with but he should be here as well as victim in uh, New Jersey I think it might be legal out there as well I have to double check retired firefighter uh, anything you want to uh, retract take back apologize for insting instigating all of that so long ago <laughs> I'm a known instigator, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but no, uh, seriously, uh, I, I didn't even remember uh, uh, that amount of uh, participation uh, uh, in the the program. But once once you got it, you got it started. Uh, I can I can recall it now. 
because I was pretty pretty much uh, uh, sure that the the uh, interview that I was mentioning about uh, on Dr. Wellson's comments was taken out of context, and it it jives right into what Mr. Fuller states in the beginning of his book by saying, if you don't understand racism, what it is and how it works, everything else will confuse you. Uh, I mean, all of us at, at some point in time have to, to acquire and be steady with our discipline. So we stay on course on what, what, uh, racism white supremacy is and how it works and how it affects us on a daily level as opposed to wanting to feel good uh or uh you know other things you know we get off course in 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 what we uh in which means get off get out of context of what we are should be doing and uh i kind of like uh you know, un- I think I understood that on what Dr. Wilson was saying, and I, what I did, I went, I went back to the archives and listened to her because I wanted to make sure on whether or not she said anything in the terms of lazy, and I was sure that she did not say anything in terms of lazy. Basically, she was she was making making a, uh, I would say a medical description of the results of a of a chemical that lies within that particular item uh that she has witnessed we're talking about a not only a physician a, a third generation physician and i did remember her stating what you stated earlier that a lot of the people that were coming to her office, I mean, I mean, and if you know anything about Dr. Wells, and you have to know that the overwhelming majority of her patients are non-white black people, uh, and uh, they were they were coming to the office with the with the uh, the smoke residue of marijuana on them, to whereas she would she would be getting in contact. It was so, you know, you know, those things, you know, and that's where she was at. And and just like the the tapes that you ran on last thing, I'm going to say the tapes that you ran on uh, Mr. Fuller and what he was what he was stating about results. Ultimately, that's what you focus on is the results have marijuana content (laughs) did anything in regards to non-white people victims of racism and white supremacy solving the problem. You know, uh, you know, you look at the results and, and I would say emphatically no. And uh, I've had some experience with it uh, as far as being around in the, the, I would say the illegal quote unquote market of it from that standpoint, more so than talking about smoking it myself. And, uh, no, it's not something that, uh, is, is going to, uh, change in any type of kind of way, the global system of racism and white supremacy. And I'll rest on that.
much obliged. I think we should have time to get in our victim of uh, victim in New Jersey uh, before Dr. Silver joins us. Again, these will be two separate programs for people listening in the archives. Victim in New Jersey. Hey, how you doing? Hopefully it's not a lot of noise in the background. I'm in the gym. But um, in New Jersey, I have a friend of mine, uh, never been incarcerated, uh, clear, clean record. Um, he's having difficulty getting to the business. Um, I mean, just hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, I'm, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, just for license, licensing. So, um, you know, I, you know, firsthand, I know a victim that's attempting to get in the business and is um, locked out. Um, I, I also have my suspicions that marijuana is not good for our community. You know, I suspect uh, when we talk about, uh, you know, crime and, and, and just, you know, um, in the inner city, um, I would suspect that most of these people um, that are involved in criminal activity is under some kind of influence of alcohol, uh, methamphetamine, and also marijuana. Uh, I also have a friend, uh, that female friend that smokes marijuana. Um, I disapprove with it, but however, uh, VGQ, um, she's entitled to do what she likes. She says that it helps with her anxiety. Um, but however, um, I do notice, uh, mood swings with this particular person. Um, I do notice um, overthinking, um, you know, and I'm, this is a person that smokes mainly every day. And I can see firsthand that marijuana does not have a positive effect. Um, I was also terrorized in my uh, old living uh, situation. Um, I owned a condo. I was uh, lucky enough to sell this condo during a pandemic. Um, young teenagers, young black males, um, you know, uh, with the thousands of dollars that I'm spending in mortgage, you can rent these uh, units out. So they were renting, so they had a little more. They didn't have much, as much respect for the place that I had because I was an owner, and they were frequently smoking marijuana in the black hallway. Um, during the pandemic, um, it created um, a tense uh, situation between me, the young black males, and the the mother. Um, again, you know, I have experience with, with marijuana. I'm in the industry where you can't smoke marijuana. Um, it'll cost you your job. So they still do uh, urine tests. So uh, Francis Quest Wilson again. Um, if you want to call her a prophet, uh, she's right on point to use the metaphor with marijuana usage as it relates to victims. Thank you. Mm. And uh, t- making my point exactly, victim in New Jersey, and he frequently is going to New York, New York City, and what have you, New York State, both of those areas, recreational cannabis is legal but he said they are still job testing and as we talked about this 
way back 10 years ago and saying, hey, that does not mean you can just go puff up everything or vape up everything or eat all the fruity pebbles and then go get whatever, you know, job you want. Like for some places, like they are still going to be drug trusting. Uh, that was the case here in Seattle for some jobs, not all obviously, but for some jobs, depending on what it is, maybe. Anyway. Uh, let's see. We will get ready. So this will be two separate programs. That'll be like one, boop, cut, did our one recap, and then we'll take off and get ready for broadcast number two, and this will be our segue between the two. Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, What's your brother. Problem? You're a victim. Right. I'm a up. victim of four hundred years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm-hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. Uh-huh. 